get lonely at night and you want to talk, you can just, um, you can go like, talk on the wall, and uh, I can come out and we can talk. Hello and welcome to The Grand Gesture, the movie podcast that looks at romantic tropes in film with two very different hosts' perspective. I'm Michael Denniston, your country bumpkin on this episode that features country bumpkins, and my co-host that you will hear soon, unfortunately for you, Dave, the Coastal Elite, are joined today by a guest I've been looking forward to having on the podcast Allison from Not Your Little Lady, which is a show I'm a big fan of. Its premise is that it features women living outside of the South's socially accepted norms, which makes her the perfect guest for today's chosen film, Junebug. Amy Adams' breakout performance in this little indie has given us many great things, like more Amy Adams. I'm also a big fan of Angus McLaughlin, the screenwriter of this film, who's gone on to write some of my favorite movies of the past few years. So I'm looking forward to this discussion, and I hope you stick around. But for right now, here's the trailer for Junebug, and then our conversation on the romantic entanglements of meeting your partner's family for the first time. Where did you come from? Off down in North Carolina. Have you met her? She been? How could I have met her, Ashley? Use your head. I think they're here. They're here! They're here! I want to know everything there is to know about you. I want you to tell us every little thing. God, that would be so boring. Not to me. Were you born in Chicago? I was born right here. Lived here my whole life. My favorite animal is the meerkat. Did you ever try out for cheerleading or anything? I tried out, but I didn't make it. I was born in Japan. You were not. We don't need some stranger coming in here, messing things up. She ain't a stranger. She's family. She's still strange. You got any cigarettes? So, Junebug. Junebug is the reason at least one of us should watch these movies before we plan episodes. It is not exactly your standard romantic comedy, but it's all okay because Amy Adams is adorable. So, let's jump right into the meet-cute. So, as always, to both Mike and my guests, feel free to argue. But to me, Junebug is about the outsider, Madeline, played by M. Beth Davids, struggling to find her place in the family of her new husband. Actually, this is a bit of a coastal elite meeting the bumpkin, so maybe it is perfect for our show. When she arrives, Madeline meets a pretty broad cast of characters, some of them very excited to meet her, some that are downright unfriendly, and others who just can't be bothered. So when we meet this family with Madeline, are we rooting for her to succeed from the outset? Or does the fact that she is really there to meet an artist for her business get in the way? So we're going to throw it to our guest first. What do you think? Is this someone we root for to begin with? I mean, I have a little bit of a a bias towards her because my stepmom is from upstate New York and my dad is from northeast Tennessee. So as soon as the movie started, I was like, oh, this is like my dad and, and Anna. Like, so I was rooting from her, for her from the beginning. And she is the definition of my podcast. She's not being your, your little lady at all. So I was definitely rooting for her from the beginning. 
What about you, Mike? Uh, do you do you root for the coastal elite here? I don't know if I root for her. Maybe primary goal as far as uh, acquiring this, uh, I guess, this gallery they're going to have of this this new found artist's work because you know I'm exposed to his work in the film and I <laughs> I don't really <laughs> care what happens in that regard. The family dynamic I feel very much for her because she's trying so hard and she's. I don't know if she's ever judgmental to anyone in particular, or if like we don't get like a private moment where she's you know talking to her husband like she wow. almost should be. It would probably be safer for her to be judgmental. We actually yeah, we get more later in the we moment. get more private moments within the, uh, the the family members as far as sort of judging her. I mean, Amy Adams is great here, but and she's by far the kindest to this stranger. But I think even before you know Madeline gets there, she's like, I bet she's prettier than me. I'm gonna hate her or something. What she says with you know, all of the, you know, it's like full on like enchanted Amy Adams, like just totally bubbly. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't care so much about the professional side of her, her reason for being there, but the family right. dynamic, yeah, I'm rooting for her for sure. I was just at that professional side with Robert E. Lee's dick. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> like, I came out of nowhere. <laughs> it's a quick way to, to lose me as far as me having interest in what your business <laughs> is. If it, involves robert ely's dick yeah. i'm just like mm, i'm gonna change the subject that's a good now. rule <laughs> that's a good you know, rule yeah. i have to say i've never had to use that rule before but now <laughs> it's set in stone yeah this movie <laughs> you has never know i've put it back in my book this may happen one day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think the only thing that stands in the way is this kind of side mission for her to uh uh for for her to sign this artist like i think her kind of working her way through this family like i definitely feel for her um it actually i mean we'll probably talk about this at the at the end of the show but it reminds me of uh meeting my wife's family um who's a little bit more country than i am let's (laughs) say and there's there's definitely a uh uh, there's definitely a culture clash that goes on there. And I think it, I think the fact that they cast someone, you know, and they have the English accent and everything else, I think really hammers that point home and keeps them separate. Um, so I think because I, some of it's because of Amy Adams and how endearing she is, but also just the difference between her and maybe the mom and how standoffish she is. And you do you do really feel for Madeline here, which is which is kind of impressive. Given, I mean, I think there's a there's a tendency for American audiences when they see a character walk in with a British accent and be that put together, it's, it can be very difficult to root for them, but because of the situation she's in, I think it's really easy to root for her here. Plus Southern moms are super scary. Like I'm from the South. I've always lived down here. (laughs) I've never lived anywhere else, but like, I do not want to meet somebody's mom because Southern mothers are so judgmental and you could, I mean, you can see it in that movie like I my one of my favorite scenes was when Madeline knocked over that cardinal and Amy Adams immediately was like, No, 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 it was my fault. It was she my knows. Fault. Repeatedly yeah. knows. repeatedly like, saves her too. Yeah. Madeline yeah. Madeline's trying to do the right she's thing. She's trying to be honorable and she's exactly. like No no. She's not gonna come after me, so Yeah. Well because at that point Madeline yeah. had already called her uh Pat instead of Peg. And then that happened like <laughs> Amy Adams saved her a lot, especially then, because that was like first five minutes of meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about bad and bad first impressions. That is, I mean, Mike, you can probably speak to this more than more than I can. Like, how far do bad first impressions go with Southern mothers? You would know this much more than I would. 
I mean, I guess we'd have to bring up my dating failures at this point. I don't want to blame the mom, but I, I'll take the opportunity now to do so. Yes, this movie has proved that it was no fault of my own. Uh, I never destroyed a bird off the wall, never shattered any of their, their trinkets or anything. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I only have like the, the sort of the, the basic you know trope of like uh, sort of, sort of the, the boy coming into the picture. I don't, I, I don't have that outsider status like she does certainly, which there's right. that plays a bit more heavily in this, this film that you get the sense that they feel like maybe not her as an individual, but her lifestyle has stolen their boy away from them. And that's this, this prejudgment. Mm-hmm. Whereas I really doubt that would be the case. I mean, clearly no offense to Amy Adams character because she's great, but they put up with a lot of her, sort of quirkiness that you can tell gets on their nerves, but she's part of their world. She, and she's been part of their world yeah. since their high school sweethearts, her and her very affectionate uh, husband from the OC. Yeah. <laughs> Look, she's just a girl who loves meerkats. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never seen uh that's, that's something new. Uh, and I've seen a lot of movies. I've never seen a, uh, a fight that started uh, by one partner trying to tape videotape meerkats <laughs> for the <laughs> other, which, which ends in a uh, reprimand of, of God loves you the way you are. Oh, God. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you have to stay that way. To be better. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> oh. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on, sorry. <laughs> Why are you swearing? I was trying to tape this fucking thing on TV and it won't work. Well, did you use the tape already you used? Maybe the tab thing he's pushed in. No, no, I did that. I pushed it in. No, you push it in if you don't want to tape something. That's why it didn't work. Here, let me help you. What are you trying to do? No, no, don't. Just don't go. Go home. Forget it. Go home, forget it, bucket. Go home. God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. All right, so I think from here we can move to the breakup. Uh, which is a little more difficult in this movie. But speaking of that artist that Madeline is there to see, her decision to go see him, in my opinion, is really our breakup in Junebug. Instead of going with the family to support the birth of Ashley's child, she makes one final attempt to court this business contact. So do you empathize with her decision before the bad news really comes down about Ashley's child? Or is this just a bad decision from the beginning? Let's throw it to our guests first. I don't think it's a bad decision from the beginning because, like, I mean, family's important regardless if you're from the South or not. And for her to just, like, and I know she was being treated very poorly by the mom, but just to, like, dip out like that, I think was a bad choice because she could have gotten that guy back, like, the artist. She could have gotten the artist back at any point. Like, I don't think that was going to go away. So she should have gone with him to the hospital and just hung out in the waiting room. I think it looks worse because she's made such an effort with each family member up to that point individually to get in their good graces, uh, whether it's, you know, just getting, I guess, you know, a very bad uh, nail job. I was watching this with my wife and she was like, oh, my God, Amy Adams, she's killing me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I probably would not even have taken notice of that. I'm just like, oh, they're she's doing her nails, whatever. But my wife, so oh, she was she was cringing, and I was like, oh, I guess Madeline's like this is like a good deed that she's not saying anything because my wife apparently would have like. <laughs> been strangling amy adams pregnant amy adams at that for messing up her nails how um, dare you touch my fingers so i guess it, it lends credence to their sort of bias the bias that she's false in some way because she's she's made all these efforts but when it comes to something that is i mean you shouldn't have to tell this character this is very important that uh this right. this woman that you've met is now giving birth and that's that's really been like that's sort of her entire persona at this point is is wrapped mm-hmm. up in that she's going to have this baby and she talks about it. it's very very much you're coming in at a you know this isn't probably not the appropriate time to drop in if you're just going to sort of drop in their lives and then drop back out but i will put some of the blame on george her husband who strange like uh, you know watching this for the first time i'm like wow he's he does her no help like there's no nope. salt like even hey. when she's first meeting the family it's like what are you doing wandering around in the yard like dude like make some you know right be there with her do you think he even warned her about this insane family that he has or he's just like yeah we're gonna meet mom and dad and my brother <laughs> it'll be fine and then she walks into this meerkat house like what yeah <laughs> you gotta prep the person you're with yeah george should have told at least one meerkat story or something uh, leading up to that <laughs> right but- or like my brother might hit me with a wrench. He's a little violent, you know. I actually just really dislike him, which I mean, I think you're meant to, and that he's the one that, you know, he is there for the Amy Adams character when things go wrong with the, the pregnancy. But he's also like, I don't like his judgment in that moment because he seems like he's, I guess, led her to believe that he doesn't really care. He can sort of take or leave his family and this lifestyle. Like that's something he left behind. But then when he gets back in that world, He's like singing at church. He's talking about how important family is. And I feel more for her. Like, whoa, where the fuck did this come from? Like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, I don't know. And by the end of the movie, don't you think he flip flops again? Where he's just like, man, glad we're out of there. Fuck this. Thank God I'm not trapped like my idiot brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, to some degree, I absolve Madeline because I do think, you know, that may have not been the most genuine moment, but I think she is by far a more genuine person than her husband. Um, by the end yes. of it, low bar, low bar there, but yeah, definitely more genuine than George. I think uh, this is where I, I don't absolve her in this moment at all. I kind of turn on Madeline in this She's moment one of because you. there is coastal elite. I, Take I up for your own, we're, Mike. Mike, have you learned nothing? We are terrible. <laughs> See, I, th- I thought you were going to say like, and "Oh, she, is- she lives in Chicago. That's like too. That's in the out in the <laughs> sticks. That's not. That's <laughs> not a coastal elite." <laughs> Uh, she's got a she's got a british accent i mean that's the most elite you can get yeah but in this movie there is i guess two people who have been nice to her and one of them is the woman who's going to the hospital and is pregnant and she is pinning all of her hopes all of her dreams her entire life on the birth of this child and madeline knows this she's not an idiot and she makes the decision instead to be like actually you know what's more important money so i'm gonna go try and uh, sign this artist and i and it, it, I didn't think I'd seen this before, um, but it ends up I had like I think I'd watched it when this first came out on video because as soon as Amy Adams showed up, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that, and that's all I remembered. Made such movie. an effect She's on really, you, a lasting she, impact. <laughs> well, she she is the heart of this movie, and for our main character to betray her like that, 
I mean, it's hurtful to watch. And it's funny, you bring up watching this with your wife. I also watched this with, with my wife. Uh, and her reaction was very different. It was more like, why are you watching these weird fucking movies? What is wrong with you? Uh, it's all me, baby. I mean, all me. not wrong. I'll be like, this one's on mic. <laughs> this is not my choice. But yeah, like, I, I don't root for her even before, you know, this, hmm. this child dies in childbirth. And then when that happens, it's just like, you know, it's even worse. Like I just, at that point I have completely turned on Madeline and I don't think, and I don't think she really earns it back for me by the end of the movie. You're a little too harsh there, buddy. Like, (laughs) come on. (laughs) Yep. Look, her passion in life is apparently Robert E. Lee's dick. (laughs) And a racist dude. Super racist. Super racist dude. (laughs) Yeah. um, That's an accent that I can hardly understand. Like I definitely turned the subtitles on for that. See, I own this on DVD, and uh, I I bought it for a dollar at a used bookstore. So, you know, I'm supporting these artists' work, not really secondhand. (laughs) Someone else made a dollar off me, off their work. Uh, And I immediately went, whenever that dude was on, went to the subtitles, and there was no subtitle option. It was, like, in French only. And I'm like, what? No. Like, I'm from Kentucky. I don't know what this dude's saying. Like, I think it's important. I I was trying to be on Madeline's side. Yeah. Look, I, the only issue I have with that, I mean, that's her primary goal. And I do think, I believe her that she's, it's not just money, as, as of course, Coastal Elite Dave would think that it is. I, I think she's passionate about her work. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't agree with the work. And I, work. I, I wonder, <laughs> I feel like the film is being a little too broad with this. Like, it's like, you know, yeah. if it had been something, some bit of art that we just don't understand. Like, you know, if it had been a little bit more, you know, certainly ambivalent towards the South, I guess, because this guy is really stuck Ooh. in one time period. But it's oh, like, boy, he sure is. It's it's like something that's from a broad comedy where you're supposed to think like, oh, that's stupid. And I, that's the biggest flaw I have right. with the film is that I think that they should give the that artist and the paintings a little more weight because she seems to believe in them. But because the film doesn't, we're just like, why are you wasting your time with that? That's stupid. But well, I believe Mike, that she I believes it. Here's the, here's the other big issue with her and signing this artist is not only does she not go to the hospital, but earlier in the movie, she uses the baby shower to woo this artist. Like she is consistently using Sir, this poor, innocent woman. That was the event of the season. Order to what are you talking money. about? Ladies. <laughs> she bought him with a lady. Exactly. <laughs> Look she, at all her legs. She's, she's a super creepy dude. She's like a pimp for this guy. It's awful. It's the worst. Look. No? Too too much? Mistakes mistakes were made in the recruitment process by Madeline. I just couldn't believe you would go to his Rick Pacino? How dare you, sir? That's Indiana, not Kentucky. We don't count Louisville. You know this. Let our guests talk. And uh-huh. You're just getting your Kentucky facts all wrong. This is going back to the beginning of the movie, but like the beginning of it was people yodeling. And I was a little confused about that. Like, I didn't know where that really fit into the movie. It did get my attention. Does that sure. not happen in the South? I don't know. I don't live there. We just people yodel. not just like yodel in the streets. In the I kind of wish they did. I mean, I kind of wish. <laughs> I think it would make my morning commute a little more interesting. Oh, cool. They're at it again. <laughs> At least they're not painting horribly <laughs> racist imagery. Oh, thank God. <laughs> They've got yeah. a more endearing hobby. 
white heads on black bodies. Yikes. <laughs> Not but... a lot good going on with that artist. <laughs> no, I actually forgot about All right. him, like, the movie. So I forgot about him like halfway through the movie. Like I didn't even really remember that part of the plot. It was more like, oh, look at all of these sweet Southern people who are living their lives but are kind of also really sad. Which, fun fact, the yeah, town yeah. is actually Faf Town, which I think is what it was called, is like nine minutes from where my dad and stepmom used to live in North Carolina. I Googled it. Man, <laughs> so, this that's really weird. is your family story, minus the <laughs> racist artist. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just guessing here that that was not a part of Good guess. You're correct. All right. <laughs> So let's move to the grand gesture. So after receiving condolences on her family's loss from the family of the artist, Madeline returns to the family home and drops her facade of having it all together. She sits on the back porch with her husband's father and weeps for their loss. Soon after, the couple returns home to the big city and her husband seems happy to be leaving and not trapped like his brother. So does this escape at the end of the movie cheapen the lesson that Madeline learns or is it all an understandable reaction to everything that has happened? I mean, I, I certainly don't want them to, <laughs> you know, move there. And live, but I don't think that's the answer. Um, they should be punished. They should, they should, they should be, be punished. By <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it uh, it leaves the audience or at least me a little bit uncomfortable with our, our primary couple here with Madeline and George, because it's, it's so easy for him to seemingly just drop a huge part of his life. And what we do know of her is that, you know, her family moved around a lot. She has this sort of, you know, to Amy Adams, this sort of wild uh, lifestyle that she was in Japan. She was in that country, that country. And so I think that something she may have previously liked about him is that he has this this solid background this like one place and i do believe it was genuine that she wanted to see that like because they could have they could have just skipped the family aspect of it and i believe that she's the one that sort of pushed for that to happen to like meet his family finally it is weird and it seems to be like one of the biggest sins that they got married and this is the first time they're meeting her like that they've already he has this other life that he's not involved in with it's the most unbelievable part about this movie is that this Southern boy went off and get got married and didn't tell his family. Don't buy it. Yeah, I think that, uh, <laughs> and I think that you know what's been lost here is you know her her calling into question like something that he can in the moment say is very important to him. That as soon as he gets in the car, as soon as he just changes location, he can shape shift. He can alter his personality to be somewhere else. And I think she, she probably is more genuine as far as that she's carried with her, all the places and people she's met. And mm -hmm. to me, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a creepy sort of ending that they're driving off. Yes. And it feels like she doesn't know who she's married to at this point. Like this could become a thriller. If they, <laughs> June bug two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think it's meant to, or at least it, you know, it made me feel just deeply unsettled about like, she's learned something about him, but knows him less. So yeah, I was just, mm -hmm. I just wanted to go back to Amy. I want to see Amy Adams escape. That's what I want to see. I want to see her. Yep. Uh, just move to the big should city. Should have stowed away with them. It would have been much better. Well, I am working actor. on a spec script, a fan fiction sequel, and <laughs> that's the first scene. <laughs> she stowed away in the trunk. She's yes. just ready to go. <laughs> perfect. She'll pop up like a meerkat in the back seat. It'll be. Uh, it'll be too perfect. cute, Dave. Don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So what about what about you? What what do you think as far as the ending goes? I feel like um he is really good at compartmentalizing car- carpet book can't say that word car- putting things in one box since I can't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yep. You just made that better somehow. You just made that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I think it's really good putting things into one box. And I do think a lot of Southern men are like that. I think they're really good at making sure that their emotions are very much in check while still being very silent about it, but not and not dealing with it. Because I know plenty, like one of my best friends, her dad was exactly like the dad and exactly like, and her, her husband it is, is exactly like that husband where they just don't speak about things and so I do think that he like got back into that mindset when he was in North Carolina and he was there so I do think him being like you know fuck it when they're leaving is is him getting to escape from what he doesn't actually want to be which is his dad and his brother so I think it is a positive I don't know that their relationship is ever going to be the same especially with like how he was like said that and then she just like patted him on the back of the head like the silence was really uncomfortable for me. And, and I think it was very much more uncomfortable for them and their situation and their actual relationship. So, yeah, I think he just, it's good for him to get out of there because he doesn't want to be what he sees his other family members being. So I think the ending of this movie is downright terrifying. Like this, this is, this is a character I don't want to be around this character of George. Like, I think Mike, you brought it up that he's kind of a chameleon that he just, he doesn't have an identity and he just kind of puts on another mask depending on where he is. I think the character I respect the most is his father. Like his father knows exactly who he is. He's not going to like play games. He's not going to put on a show for anybody. Even if there's this new person coming to town, he's just going to be who he is. And I, I really respect that. I think, uh, um, I think Amy Adams character, her husband has no idea who he is and he's angry and he wants to leave, but doesn't know how but the character of George, by the end of this movie, I, I find myself wondering like where their relationship goes from here now that she has seen this side of him where he hasn't he hasn't helped her through this and he's just he's been distant and even the scene where you talk about where he like sings in the church you can tell like he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be connected with anyone the only scene we see where he's connected to someone is to amy adams you know after after her child dies and our main character of madeline never gets to see that moment so she doesn't get to see him connecting with his family at all. And again, Mike, I think you're right that she takes everything with her and he takes nothing. Like he is a really hard rela- – I think that's why I kind of went at this movie from the terms of her and the family because this is a really hard couple to root for. And it's not because of her, you know, the coastal elite being distant. It's because like he I – don't, I don't know if he doesn't know who he is or if he just – he doesn't want to open himself up to being anybody. And he just wants to kind of hide in the shadows. He's kind of like, to me, he comes off as kind of nefarious. Like I don't throughout the whole movie, he doesn't connect with anyone. So I don't trust him. Well, I I think, I mean, unfortunately I know uh, some people like him and I I don't know enough about their, (laughs) their personal relationships as far as how they are to their, their loved ones. But um, people who seem to, be really like stand up guys for like big moments. And he certainly is like Mm -hmm. when, uh, Amy Adams character loses her baby, you know, he is, he is, he's making a one-to-one connection with her, but it's like, they can only really gear themselves up for that intimacy for like one big event. 
And mm-hmm. the day to day, they're like totally incapable of making basic human connections when you don't have to have a big showy moment. And it's, that's always been really off putting to me. It's, a, I mean, it's a strange thing to complain about. And so in the context of the film, it would be strange to complain about the George character being like, Hey, you were so nice to this woman when she's grieving the loss of her, her baby and her pregnancy. Um, you can't, uh, you can't just talk to your brother a little bit more. Like, you know, you have to like smirk hey. at him and you get a wrench to the face. And then I'm wondering, like, you probably deserve that. Good. Like, why are you looking at him that yep. way? Um, so yeah, it's a strange complaint, but yeah, it's like, I, I do have that suspicion about people who, who can like, you know, if there's a death in the family or something, they can, they can kind of swoop in, but the day-to-day interactions with them are just so robotic and cold that it makes those mm-hmm. moments worse that they can show that compassion, but then are unable to like when you're just like grabbing a bite to eat with them. Basically I hate all people. Right. Like you gotta be big for me yeah. every damn day. I want, <laughs> I want, I want the, the cannons or, to fire or I want confetti. Or just be consistent. Just be consistent. Consistent like, with the confetti every day, and but clapping be genuine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No wonder you don't like anyone who would ever do that for you. I know Brittany doesn't do that for you. So no, my dog's really excited when I come in the door, he jumps That's on me. True. So, Brody. He's great. He's awesome. He wants to eat, right? He needs that food. <laughs> he needs those he needs two, second bowl those, of food. Those two hots and a cup. Right. That's what he needs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as always, now to kind of end the show, we talk about what lessons we have learned from this movie, from Junebug. So I, for once, I will go first so uh, I don't avoid the question like usual. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, what this reminded me of, as I kind of referenced early in the episode, is meeting my wife's family for the first time. My wife's family does live in California, but they're originally from the South, and they're much more conservative than me, uh, you know, and just it it's definitely an adjustment. Um, so to... So the first time I met them, my my mother-in-law got me drunk on purpose, kept refilling my glass to make sure I would stay the night uh, because I was planning to drive home that night and that didn't happen. So it was it was a really interesting process to just because my family is not super affectionate. They're a little bit standoffish and her family in that stereotypical southern way is very open and very loving and very kind of kind of in your face about it. You know, and it was definitely a big adjustment, um, but I, I think I handled it better than Madeline. I think I managed to ingratiate myself with, with the family pretty easily. Um, but I think there's a certain there's a certain line you have to you have to not cross. Like you have to be genuine. You have to be who you are. But you also have to be understanding of where they're coming from. And that's where I think Madeline goes wrong in the beginning of this movie is like she is only easily connected to the people who like her immediately. And she ends up just like distancing herself from the family. And that's like the biggest mistake you can make. So I decided like, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to be me and I'm going to crack jokes and I'm going to be able to take a joke from them. And that, that ends up giving you a good relationship with your, your soon to be partner's family. So that's what I learned is to be yourself and learn to take a joke. I'm, I'm going to let go ahead. Mike. Allison. No, Allison's going first here. I feel like I'm going to uh, misrepresent the South uh, so I want to take my cues from. Did you do Allison. that every day? Well, I'm so just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on what day. she says. So <laughs> unless you tell a deeply personal story, and then it's gonna make it harder for me because I'm like, yeah, that that also happened to me. And but we'll see, we'll see how well I can copy you, like George, like a chameleon. Let's see if I can I can shape shift <laughs> a little bit. Don't Man, be like I, George. <laughs> I think what I learned from it is I'm 
I'm really glad that I like left my hometown, even though I am only a little, like a couple hours away and a few states, like I'm a couple hours away and I do live in Alabama now when I'm from Georgia. So most people outside of the South think that that's a regression, but Alabama is not actually <laughs> as bad as you think it is. <laughs> why didn't we have her on for sweet home Alabama? Why didn't, oh, why didn't I, that I have, happen? I have some really good stories about that one, by the way. <laughs> Okay, that's a that's a coming soon episode for sure. We've actually we talked about that privately. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm really glad that I I left my hometown because I see Amy Adams and she's like sweet and I love her and I know her. I have friends that are her and I love her and she's great. But I am so glad that that never ended up being me because I don't know. It's just she. You know, she wants more out of life. You can see it in her eyes when she's talking. You can see everything about her she like doesn't necessarily want to be pregnant and having a child like she's happy about it because that's all she knows and that's all she ever learned but she doesn't want to be there so I guess I just learned that I'm really happy that I got out and explored instead of just staying in one spot and it also made me like relive a little bit about my stepmom's interaction with my family where the first story (laughs) that she was told about me and my family was that we lived in Georgia and we had an outhouse instead of actual toilets and she believed her <laughs> sister <laughs> and because they're from, like I said, they're from upstate. We'll New believe York. anything about the South. Anything you tell us, we're like, ah, okay. Sounds I mean, about right. <laughs> like in Alabama, no electricity. Okay. <laughs> this is actually candlelight that you see. <laughs> but no, like, it made me just relive my stepmom's like interactions with my grandmother who's Southern Baptist and my grandmother who is Southern Baptist was like telling my stepmom like, Oh, why aren't you wearing a dress instead of, or she's wearing, she was wearing pants instead of a dress to church. And my stepmom's Catholic and she went to a Southern Baptist church just to appease my grandmother. So like, it just made me relive a bunch of that and realize that my stepmom went through a lot to like be a good stepmom and be with my dad. So I guess there's, it's just, I, didn't, I don't know if I learned anything new, but I did gain appreciation for a lot of things in my own life. So, yeah. So, Mike, are you glad you didn't get pregnant and stay in <laughs> Kentucky? That- I mean, I didn't stay in Kentucky, but I have not succeeded getting pregnant just yet. I've not. I mean, that would set me for life. That Keep would be trying. A, that would be a news story that I could sell. I would presumably be on the Today Show. Right. Uh, the real life journalism. Junior. Yeah. <laughs> Such a terrible my movie get, for me my to emulate. Kind of pretty hard to piggyback off of, right? It is a little bit hard. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that the only thing that would tie our answer together is, yeah, I don't know if I learned anything new. Uh, maybe I would, I would give people a little bit more of a chance because I think one thing that I've encountered, uh, through dating or meeting, uh, the, you know, the, the family of my, uh, girlfriend or, or wife is, you know, you're inevitably going to run to people that are easy to talk to or not so easy to talk to. I think in this film, it's very extreme. Uh, you, you definitely have the brother who is, I mean, announcing that he's standoffish and I, I do I, – I like Madeline a bit more than, than Dave because I do appreciate that she is making that effort because I, I would just throw in the towel and be like, oh, this dude's an asshole. Well, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about him anymore. Like I, I'm just going to probably target 
the mother here, and I'm just gonna be like, the rest of you can fuck off. I just need to win <laughs> That's what the, the you heart of the crown. Always do anyway, right? If you win the heart of the southern mother, yeah, you're golden. It doesn't matter who else likes you or not. But I think, Mike, you just secretly love coastal elites. That's why you're so aligned with Madeline. That's that's what this comes to. <laughs> I don't know about love. I I have been to uh, to Boston a few times, and I would say those people are not pleasant. I don't. I have never liked my interactions uh, in that city. Well, that's a that's a whole different <laughs> yeah. ball game there. Uh, it's beautiful. I, I, I love New England, but yeah, that's the the way they they uh, talk to people. Uh, they don't they don't really talk. They sort of like spit in this like huff. I don't know if it's the bad weather. Uh, I do appreciate talkers. Like Amy Adams' character would in real life would probably at some point mm. get on my nerves, but I appreciate <laughs> the effort. I appreciate you know, and if I feel like someone. <laughs> If someone's enthusiastic about something, I don't care if it's ice fishing, fly fishing, any sort of fishing, which I don't give a shit about. If they're passionate about it, I'll probably listen to them and give them that opportunity to express themselves. But if you're not passionate about anything, if you're like Amy Adams' husband, then I have nothing for you. Spoken like a true podcaster. I don't care what geeky thing you're into. <laughs> just, it's fine. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you can just make me believe that it's interesting to you. Then that's that's you know I, I appreciate just the the earnest enthusiasm. But if you're not enthusiastic about anything, well, I will reciprocate. I will <laughs> wish you nothing but the worst. I will also be <laughs> enthusiastic. I cannot talk to. <laughs> I mean, as a podcaster, I always approach you know I approach every interaction as if we are on some sort of talk show. So be interesting. Give me five to ten good minutes of your best material especially at like a family gathering give me your test ten best minutes if you don't have ten mm-hmm. good minutes i don't know i guess we just turn on the tv see if football's on or something <laughs> it did make me think of one thanksgiving encounter with a previous ex-girlfriend whose entire family uh you know they're just an ex-girlfriend a previous ex-girlfriend i think she's always <laughs> an ex-girlfriend <laughs> Well, I didn't want to. I don't want to say like you know the last one. I'm I'm not gonna you know in case they're they're hate listening to me, which they should. How, this is great material. I'm not gonna narrow it down to which one. How southern of you to like <laughs> not throw them under the bus? Like yeah, that. but there was there was fan one family encounter like all the men didn't watch any sports whatsoever, and that's like just the sort of the easy like. Did yeah, you like, just leave? <laughs> like their 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 sport was like Jesus and God, I guess. Oh, and so I, run. <laughs> yeah, I had I really had nothing to talk about there because you can't play fantasy Jesus that I'm aware of. And if you can, I don't want to know it's about really it. There's really only one number one pick there. There's no, <laughs> I don't know. no argument. Maybe, maybe there's a different strategy where you can put together a bunch of angels or whatever the hell they are. I don't know. But um, there was one family member that was a football fan. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to talk to him. And he was a damn Cowboys fan. Like that's all he knew about was the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. And to me, I'm just like, oh, so you're not really a football fan. You're just, it's like, you're just like, you like the cheerleaders. Yeah, I don't know. It's like he had seen or heard of the Dallas Cowboys on a sitcom before. And I clearly, like, I don't know. It's just. Are they bad? They're bad. They're not a good team. I know nothing. They're bad to me. I don't know. I'm, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. They are hated. (laughs) It's one of the few things Mike and I agree upon. So we're just going to say the Cowboys are bad. Lose all our listeners in Texas. So basically I'm I'm talking out both sides of my mouth as I usually do. We've been going on for about 40 minutes. So I've now disagreed myself. You can be passionate about anything except the Dallas Cowboys. And I will talk to you over Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Yep. Sounds about right.
<laughs> All right. Uh, I think uh, I think that wraps it up for this episode on Junebug. I want to take a moment to thank our guests. Thank you uh, for giving up your time and being here to talk <laughs> about Junebug and give the true Southern perspective because Mike just can't can't do it for us. So thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I hate it on the Dallas Cowboys. So there goes one portion of the South. Uh, most of Texas is gone. That's all right. How do you feel Whatever. about Alabama football? That's the real question. I mean, uh, they are in the SEC, and Kentucky's terrible at football. So um, it brings I, a lot of business to Lexington. Everybody gets really amped up. So there you yeah. go. That's one good thing. Georgia, so I'm not necessarily an Alabama fan, but it is all-consuming in this state. <laughs> yes, as as is Kentucky basketball. So yeah, yeah. Um, that was fun. So we're going to do Sweet Home yeah, Alabama good. at some point. That's what we've decided. Yeah, I'm ready. I've got, I really do have a good story with that one. I'm not kidding. A movie I just watched for the first time like two weeks ago. Oh, randomly. okay. So that's why you're trying uh, to sneak it in. You're like, hey, yeah, if, I, I had to watch it for some <laughs> fucking reason. Please, let's do a podcast about it. <laughs> so would you like to stay updated about our upcoming Sweet Home Alabama episode? Well, of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Grand Gesture Pod. Go to followingfilms.com where you'll find some other great podcasts. But if you want to find a better podcast, one that just so happens to be hosted by our guest on this episode, Allison, you can follow Not Your Little Lady on Twitter at Ladies of NYLL. Go to notyourlittlelady.com and please subscribe on iTunes or your pod player of choice. You won't regret it. It's one of my favorite podcasts out there. Hopefully we are already one of your favorites, but... Uh, if not, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a second chance because our very next episode, while not being Sweet Home Alabama, is on another favorite redhead of ours. So we're not doubling down on Amy Adams, but we're going to take this opportunity to highlight one of Jessica Chastain's great performances, this time in celebration of The Shape of Water. Back to another Del Toro film, Crimson Peak. We're going to get something a little bit more scary than meeting a Southern family. A gothic romance with Jessica Jastain as someone who has some jealousy issues. I don't know how else to sell it on you. Jessica Jastain. We're going to be talking about her. She's great. What more do you need to know? I just I rewatched it on accident a few weeks ago, which is like randomly on TV, and I saw it and I was oh. like, "Oh my god!" Both like, of you hustling me is what you're doing. You're like pressuring me to watch this movie, so we'll, we'll get to it.